Out there in that desert place, Jesus has given every reason to doubt who God has claimed him to be. But what he learns, what he teaches us, is that even out there in the desert, a river runs through it. In his great novel by the same name, Norman MacLean wrote, eventually all things merge into one and a river runs through it. Pastor Lauren Wright Pittman helped develop the theme we're following through Lent this year. She wrote about that process. I most easily identify with the negative connotations associated with the phrase again and again, she wrote. Each day I wake up, It feels like an echo chamber of bad news, an endless cycle of disappointments, and the disconcerting kind of deja vu. The truth is, she wrote, we as humans mess things up over and over again. Humanity's cacophonous rhythm of again and again harms our neighbor, ourselves, and the entirety of creation. You'd think we'd learn from our mistakes, perhaps take a lesson from history and put an end to this cycle. But I've got to be honest, she writes, as of late, I've almost lost hope in us. Which leads me to God's again and again. I'm so unbelievably grateful for the ways God shows up over and over again, despite our best efforts to push God away. Thank God that we are not left alone in our destructive cadence, but we are met by God, repeatedly forgiven and mercifully shown the way. I hope to be ever cognizant of humanities again and again and resist the currents that keep us spinning in sin. I also hope to lean into and cling to God's again and again, which is ultimately this wonderful pattern of unearned grace. Even if worshiping apart, we come to God again and again with our prayers, our dreams, our hopes, and our doubts. Even if from a distance, we will continue to be community to one another, especially when it's hard, by choosing each other over and over again. On this First Sunday of Lent, we always follow Jesus as he leaves the crowded banks of the river. It doesn't get much more cinematic than today's passage, does it? A man, a wilderness, probably some wild beasts for company. And in Matthew and Luke's telling of it, no food, 40 days. Jesus has just been baptized, just been Holy Spirit descended upon, just been named, chosen, son and beloved. You might think he's now raring to begin his public ministry. Instead, Jesus goes in the opposite direction, into the wild. He disappears into the desert, and no river runs through that God-forsaken place. Or does it? Jesus was brought up immersed in the Holy Scriptures, so I wonder if, if he thought about all those who had gone before him into that wilderness. I wonder if he went through the list in his head, remembering his forebearers who entered into those in-between places, the spaces that lay between where they had been 
and where they were going, between the life they had known and the life they could barely envision. Hagar, cast into the wilderness with her young son. Jacob, on the run from his own brother. Moses and Miriam and Aaron, all the children of Israel, delivered from their bondage, wandering in the wilderness. Elijah, fleeing for his life from Queen Jezebel. Sarah, laughing at the door of their tent. Jesus was in good company. The wilderness may be a place of solitude, but it is at the same time a mythic place, echoing all who have inhabited it for a while. It breathes with the memories of those who found themselves there for a time, who fled there for safety, or who entered it in search of what they could not find any other place. In his time in the desert, did Jesus ever wish for the fresh spring that the angel revealed to Hagar in the wilderness when her son was on the point of death? Did he pray for a vision, a dream like Jacob's, to direct and sustain him? Did he pray for the manna that nourished the Israelites in their journey? Did the question that came to Elijah, also traveling for 40 days and 40 nights, come also to Jesus? What am I doing here? These are the questions that the wilderness often stirs. What are we doing here? Where do we go from here? How will this place change us? Sometimes it takes going into the wilderness to find the answer to these questions. Traveling beyond the familiar places leaving the landmarks behind, the people and patterns and possessions that orient us. That's where Jesus goes when he climbs out of the river of his baptism. He doesn't fling himself into his public ministry right away. He first goes into the place where everything is stripped away and he confronts the basic questions about who he is and what he's doing. When everything that's familiar and safe and predictable is stripped away from us, we can begin to doubt our identity. So long removed from being able to be with our families and friends, all of the uncertainty and isolation, big plans for our future, diverted or, or put on indefinite hold, you may be stuck in one of those places of transition yourself. Out there in that desert place, Jesus is given every reason to doubt who God has claimed him to be. But what he learns, what he teaches us, is that even out there in the desert, a river runs through it. Jesus meets the chaos of his tempter with clarity the waters of the Jordan have left their mark. A river of knowing runs through Jesus, and it runs through you. In that parched place, he is drenched with identity. Beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. When Jesus leaves the wilderness, he takes this clarity with him as a treasure of the desert, a sign of the sustenance that always comes to those who survive that landscape. 
He is in the company of all who know what it means to walk through the wilderness and find the gifts God hides there. Hagar, Jacob, Moses, Miriam, Aaron, Elijah, Sarah, and so many more, including you and me. At the outset of this Lenten season, what do you need from the 40-day place that this season offers? In this time of wilderness, whose stories could you draw on, lean on, take heart from as you move forward? As we travel into this Lenten landscape, may you find what you most need again and again. May you receive the gift you never expected. May you discover strength in those who have journeyed there before you. And may angels attend your way. I close again with a Jan Richardson poem which serves as a recurring liturgy in our Lenten journey. Beloved is where we begin. If you would enter into the wilderness, do not begin without a blessing. Do not leave without hearing who you are. Beloved, named by the one who has traveled this path before you, do not go without letting it echo in your ears. And if you find it is hard to let it into your heart, do not despair. That is what this journey is for. I cannot promise this blessing will free you from danger, from fear, from hunger or thirst, from the scorching of sun or the fall of night, but I can tell you that on this path there will be help. I can tell you that on this way there will be rest. I can tell you that you will know the strange graces that come to our aid only on a road such as this, that fly to meet us bearing comfort and strength, that come alongside us for no other cause than to lean themselves toward our ear and with their curious insistence whisper our name. Beloved. 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 All things merge into one and a river runs through it. We contemplate the reason for Jesus going into the dirty waters of the Jordan River to be baptized in the first place. Uh, people have wondered over the years why all four gospel writers saw fit to include the story of his baptism in their account of the ministry of Jesus. After all, John was very clear about what he was doing out there. To turn away from your sinful ways. This is, a, this is a baptism of repentance. Make straight the path of the one who has come, who's mightier than I. What in the world is Jesus doing in the river? Uh, sinless. Perfect. Maybe it's enough for us to understand that Jesus was in there with us that he entered those dirty 
waters in solidarity with you and I. That Jesus understood our human condition and our need for a fresh start. And He climbed out of those waters and went into that wild place where loneliness exists and uncertainty and temptation. Jesus has always been there for us. Not so that we can say, hey, be like Mike. You know, let's try and, let's try and match Jesus' faith and tenacity and His memorization of Scripture and all of the ways that He was able to make it through that wilderness. No, as the refrain in the uh, song Paul sang based on Psalm 23 reminds us, Lord, don't forget I'm helpless. This is about a Christ who will identify with us so closely that He understands we will in fact pass through the valley of the shadow of death. But that same Lord promises to be with us every step of the way, to be out ahead of us, to welcome us no matter what it is we pass through. And so, as we enter this 40 days, may you always know that you are not alone and that though your efforts may not be quite enough, Jesus is always sufficient. And His forgiveness, His grace, His mercy goes ahead of you and welcomes you forward into your own future. And so we're able to go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.